0: about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, this essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me, how many lights you see? Ah! Oh! So this
1: is how Liberty dies.
2: There's applause. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog.
0: Good evening. I'm Miles from Portland. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger.
2: And uh, tonight, it's good to be back with everyone here. Um, it's been, uh, I think, about three weeks. Uh, we had different obligations last week with graduations, karate camps, and everything else that's been happening in our lives. Um... But it's really good to be here with you guys. And, uh, Miles, I understand we have probably joining us one of the most returning guests ever on the Sci-Fi Diner. Do you want to introduce him?
3: Sure. And uh, I'm happy to say uh, our our most repeat guest, uh, Mr. Michael Schilling, head of uh, publicity uh, and media relations, or to shorten it, uh, publicity dude, our Shirley of liaison, a friend of the show, But he is here to tell us how Shore Leave will be celebrated this year, and uh, maybe looking into a post-COVID world, how Shore Leave and other sci-fi conventions uh, might operate in the future. Mike, uh, it's great to have you back.
1: Well, believe me, I'm very, very happy to be here. It's been a long time.
2: It has, it has, and you know, we're ecstatic that at least Shore Leave's happening, um, albeit a little bit differently. Uh, But I'm also excited about the conversation we're going to have here because, you know, we all walk through, you know, it was, well, today is May. So it's been a year and two months since COVID really began to impact us. And um, one of the conversations when we were talking about the show early on was how did science fiction help us get through COVID? Um, And uh, and this is more like, how did it help us? How was it part of our survival toolkit, I guess you'll say in a way? Um, and it'll be interesting having uh, Chrissy here on the show, because Chrissy's a psychologist also kind of looking at it maybe from a different point of view here. So no, Not a out.
0: psychologist.
2: Psychiatrist. A, a, no, Counselor.
0: A, licen- a licensed social worker. Oh,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you more credit than you right? right. <laughs> well,
0: well t- title protection is, is very important in my profession, so I, I do like to get it right. Um, however... <laughs> Hopefully, by next year, I will have a new credential, which will be licensed clinical social worker. There we go. I'm about very 75% cool. way through my supervision hours, so I'm very excited about that.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Sorry for getting your title wrong. I should know that. but It's okay. It's all right. All right. So, um, let's get the ball rolling here. We Obviously, we, we have you on because of short Leave. We want to talk about Shore Leave. Did you want to talk about Shore Leave first, or do you want to have more of a general conversation and end talking about short Leave?
1: Well, I don't suppose it really matters. I mean, you know, over all the years that uh, we've been doing this together, we've never had any problem filling in the time. We always <laughs> find wonderful things to talk so about. Really so I tell you what,
2: I tell you what, let's start, the let's, main thing, let's start with, let's actually start with Shirley. that way. If we get long winded about the other topic, if we have to cut it off, I won't well, feel like me, we it's missed. very easy. I yes. think everybody knows that. Yeah. So I guess if maybe to start off, my we're all looking for shore leave. Shore leaves happening when, again, if you can just kind of give us a little bit of a refresher. I know we've talked about it in the show, well, but if you can we get of,
1: into that, um, did we actually have a conversation last year, Scott, or did we skip last year's virtual shore leave? Did we even do a segment last year? I'm trying to remember. It's I, all becoming so cloudy now. I
2: think we did. I think um, it might have been you, Dave Sellers, and I maybe had a conversation about it.
1: If I it recall, was the first time we hadn't do it in the afternoon. Yeah,
3: We, we kind of did a, we, we, we reviewed, um, we were doing our, our, our Star Trek um, pilots, and we, we were talking about the animated series. And I, I think you were. I remember now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was a you, great segment. Yeah, you
2: joined us for that. That's right. That's right. And
3: yeah.
1: how many years has it been now, you guys, that I've been calling it? Is it 10 years or is it 11 now?
2: It's 11. It's
1: 11 years.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is, and it, and I'm actually thinking that it might be 12, because we started, when did we start the podcast? 2009, Miles? It's 2021. Yes. The, and he was on every single year. So it'd be the, right. this is the 12th time you're joining us, Mike.
1: Wow. <laughs> and believe me, it's a, a tremendous pleasure. And we in the Shore Leave Committee have always been very, very grateful for the, you know, unending support of the Sci-Fi Diner. We really do well, appreciate you. it. You guys have been with us for a long time. But, um, but yeah, sorry to kind of meander off into a different subject there. But for those in your audience who may not have been listening to our segments year after year after year, you know, I always love giving them a little background about how we started this whole thing and just how many years we've been talking about Shore Leave every summer. Absolutely. It's something I look forward to every year.
2: You know, and there's a reason to be talking about Shoreleave I mean, Shoreleave is a place for many of us and for many listeners has been a place where they, they, they connect, they connect with people that are like-minded. Um, it's a very much of a, we talk about our online social networks, but Shoreleave in a lot of ways our in-person social networking experience. And, um, and so going all virtual last year and even this year, you know, That that certainly brings this challenge. Yes, we get together online, but it's just not the same as getting together in person. And I think that's uh, one of the things I look forward to as we look in post-COVID down the line that that we'll have a short leave that meets in person and we'll be able to see all the people that we love hanging out with online, but we get to see them in person.
1: That's right. And although this might um, jive more with the uh, other subject we're going to tackle today, um, you know... I think I probably brought this up in past years, but when I was younger and just starting going to conventions uh, when I was in my late teens and in my 20s and everything, um, your, your interests at that age, of course, are, are different. I mean, I first started going to conventions, pardon me, for the excitement of, of meeting guest stars and getting autographs and, 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 Zooming the dealer room, you know, and seeing what I can pick up and, and stuff like that. But as I got older, what I began to notice was how although those other elements of a convention are important things and they, they definitely add to your enjoyment of the weekend, what I found has become more and more important over the course of years is the people that you meet, making new friends, saying hello to old friends. This was of course well before we had social media and everybody can pretty much run across everybody almost any time they want to. But let's face it, in the world of fandom, sci fi and fantasy fandom especially, gatherings like this are really the only time you really catch, you know, various members of your extended fandom family, you see. And you look forward to seeing them like you would in a sense a family reunion every single year you see and if you're the number of conventions you go to due to you know work commitments or other family commitments and everything is very limited the limited number of shows you go to every year the importance of that event just keeps increasing because that's your only real opportunity to see these people i mean yeah shooting messages back and forth you know by email and and facebook that's nice But seeing them in person is a whole other thing. And so when we had to, we don't like to use the word cancel, but when we we had to postpone last year and have virtual surely, we knew, of course, it was the only decision that could be made. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. And when the decision was made this year, I think it was in February, it was either late February or early March, when the decision was made to go virtual again this year. I mean a big part of me just kind of went, "Oh man, you know, couldn't we have stuck it out? You know, couldn't we have done this, you know?" But realistically, and we could spend hours debating the various reasons why it had to be this way. Um so there really isn't to go, there really isn't time to go into that kind of detail, but we knew it was the right decision to make, but a big part of, you know, what we are is being in each other's company and having a virtual convention is a wonderful thing. And I have to give all the credit in the world to my convention chairs and my colleagues on the committee for pulling this together. Cause I think this year's show is going to be really spectacular, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Nothing really replaces the in-person experience. And just think come mid July of next year, there should be a, how do I say it? There should be a, an amazing, you know, blowout of a party coming right. to the Hunt Valley and we can finally get back together again. So mark your calendars. Yes, we're here to talk about, you know, July of this year, but July 15 to 17, 2022 at the Hunt Valley Inn, bear it in mind, because there's going to be one whale of a party going on.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, when is... And
1: y'all it better be there.
2: <laughs> we will plan on it. We'll plan on it. Um, so when is uh, when is the virtual ShoreLeave happening this year?
1: Well, shore leave, which I believe it's official name, although I've given it several different names <laughs> over the course of time. But if you go on the website, it was just recently updated, by the way, so it's all popping up on there fast. So keep an eye on that website, folks. It's shore ShoreLeave 41.6, the virtual fan experience. Okay? So that's going to be July 10th and July 11th. This year, uh, we're not going three days. We're just going two, just the Saturday and the Sunday, okay? But we are looking to pack those two days with as many tracks of simultaneous programming as we can figure out to do. It's it's not so much for a lack of ideas or lack of people who want to do the programming. It's having enough tech people to cover all the spots to make this happen. He said, this makes me wish that I was far more 21st century in my thinking. The technology involved in pulling this together, to be quite honest about it, is way over my head. So I don't really know how they do this, but uh, the folks that they bring in are absolutely amazing at this. And we've programming we possibly can into those two days. We're going to go from late morning until late, late at night Saturday. We're going to go from late morning until probably 6, 7 p.m. on Sunday, just like a real shore leave. You know, last year we just had like a smattering, just a few things here and there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But let's face it, in July of, you know, 2020, virtual conventions were still a fairly novel idea. These days, you know, we kind of take it as a matter of course. We've kind of gotten used to it. So a dry run. I think it was called shore 41.5 at the time. Right. Sadly we never had really our official shorty shortly forty-two yet. We're saving that for next year's blowout. But um but yeah, we are looking to to make those two days something very, very special. We've got some really wonderful things planned that I can't wait to tell you about. Good, good.
2: Um so what, Well, since you're teasing us here, um what are some things that we can look forward to in this year's virtual convention? That What are some things that are happening that are kind of making Shore Leave unique this year?
1: All right. Well, let's do, do a little bit of infrastructure first, okay? Uh, let's see. Have any of you used a system before called GatherTown? I have not.
2: I have not either. So educate us, Mike. I
1: can't right. say It was used um, very well by our dear friends at Farpoint back in February to great success. And we're going to do something very similar, okay? GatherTown is a system by which, and there, by the way, will be full sets of instructions on the website. So for anybody who, even at the last minute, does know how to do it, the instructions will be there. Uh, You know, that's a very high priority, so no one misses out on the spot, okay? You create your own avatar, Okay. And there will be, like, a virtual convention floor set up. So you customize your avatar, all free, by the way, okay? And you maneuver yourself around the Hunt Valley Inn or a close proximation thereof. They did a great job with it, okay? And as you maneuver about and have other people get close to you, when you get within a certain distance... Since you're also going to be on the Zoom system there, because everybody who's on needs to have Zoom capability, okay, with a camera and a microphone on their their computer system, wherever they may be, okay, you will be able to converse, you know, with other people there at the convention, okay? Now, that's not specific programming. That's just for walking around the virtual convention floor. So that will be your virtual fan experience. So you'll be able to maneuver yourself around the Hunt Valley Inn and have the opportunity to talk with other people, not just other attendees, but there will be – I couldn't really give you a list just yet, but there's going to be various fan organizations. You know how you have, like, fan tables and such? You get within a close space of them, and you will be able to converse with them, okay? There may be some dealers there, for for example, with their tables, and you'll be able to talk with them. So, yeah, it's not quite the same as seeing them up close, but this is about as uh, close a prox- proximization as you can get, you know, to that experience. It's so like that a system Zoom of town will be used there.
2: It is. It's like a Zoom RPG. That's correct, Chrissy.
1: So um, I'm digging it. <laughs> So that's a pretty exciting thing. So so that's sort of the infrastructure I wanted to tell you about. And, again, the, and some folks will have – I don't know the details yet – but a lot of you are probably familiar with Discord, right? Right. Oh, super familiar. Use it all the time. So, folks who want to continue their conversations after a bit of programming's over, let's say you got a really good um, author uh, discussion or a really good science discussion, and we're going to have plenty of them too. Okay, or. Um, you know, a a fan panel discussion and you want to keep it going after technically it's over with those who are familiar with the discord system are going to be able to continue their discussion on discord. So that's going to be available too. So between gather town discord and zoom in combination with the shore leave website, you're going to be able to have your own uh, convention experience. So that's just the starter right there.
2: That is awesome.
1: Um, I trust you're probably interested in what kind of programming we're going to have.
2: Absolutely. That's what we wanted to hear, right? So tell us about it.
1: Anyway, so this is what we know so far, because the schedule is not really up yet. But what I can say is keep your eye on that website and keep an eye on our social media platforms. As you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. So keep your eye on that, because stuff is going to start happening really, really quickly as we get closer and closer, okay? Now, as far as actor guests, okay? uh, The actors who have agreed to uh, take part in the virtual festivities by having an hour-long Q&A session include Eddie McClintock, Shirley Fabert, who's been with us a few times before from series like Warehouse 13, for example. We've spoken of him in the past. Absolutely. Okay? Another one of the actors who was scheduled to join us last year before we got postponed, Mr. Adam Baldwin, has agreed to join us in a virtual Q&A session.
0: That's awesome. Of
1: course, he's, he's been in a lot of films. Of course, he was uh, in Firefly. He was in Chuck. And if I met him, I would probably want to talk to him about meeting Stanley Kubrick in Full Metal Jacket. Of course, that's not exactly a genre title, but <laughs> being a big Stanley Kubrick fan is probably what, what I would want to talk to him about, you know? What was his role in that? Animal Mother? So,
2: oh, I forget. How
1: well you know Full Metal Jacket. So
2: right.
1: um, So he's joining us. Now, another actor that wasn't previously advertised on the website for last year. This is a nice little addition. Okay. An actress by the name of Amy Garcia is joining us. And uh, she is mainly known for her roles in Lucifer and Dexter. All right. So um, she was just added literally a matter of days ago. I just got the okay just in the last few days to spread the word about that. So she is joining us. Now, uh, from the other departments, not necessarily actor guests, we have a couple of reasonably large names that have been added to our writer and scientist call. I'm not going to give you the whole list because that would take quite a while. But a couple of names I would like to mention that were just recently added Okay, uh, we have the uh, top writer from Star Trek Discovery, Kirsten Beyer, joining us. Cool. Okay, um, well, very well-known well and very respected uh, Star Trek author. Of course, I is she also involved in Picard? I believe she is.
3: I, I think she is also, also, yeah.
1: There are so many series now currently shooting and in development over on... I almost said CBS All Access, now it's Paramount Plus, right? So there are so many series, I forget who's with who now, to be perfectly honest, but Kirsten Beyer has agreed to join us, and also the science advisor for Star Trek Discovery, Aaron McDonald, will be joining us as well. That'd be nice. And Aaron McDonald is actually going to be giving a science presentation. If I look really closely here, I may have the uh, title here. Uh, let's see here. Ah, oh, there it is. From Transporters to Tachyons, the Physics of Star Trek. So, Aaron McDonald will be giving a presentation with that title during the course of the weekend. And speaking of science programming, uh, we've got, it looks like, at least 10 different science panels will be going on during the course of the weekend. A lot of names that you have seen in past years and a few new ones. But I wanted to mention, you know, those in particular. Um, Are any of you familiar with the uh, legendary um, Star Trek, um, well, not just Star Trek, but fandom element called Filking? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a, a Filk celebrity joining us. I just found out a few days ago this year who is going to be giving a performance, and I believe perhaps uh, sitting in on some other activities too. Uh, Leslie Fish will be joining us, um, who's been doing that since at least the 70s, maybe farther back than that. She's literally written thousands of songs.
2: So Chrissy, best j-
0: known for on a second. one band from Argo. That's her most famous song.
2: Chrissy, do you know what filking is?
0: This is not like singing, almost like a folk song, but like sci-fi. That's exactly right.
2: That's right. You got it. I just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah,
1: Right. The ancient story of that in fandom is it was supposed to be fan folk singing. I don't know which convention it started at. It might have been one of the real early ones in the early 70s. And there was a typo on the program. Instead of folk, it said filk. And it stuck. And to this day, when you uh, sing science fiction themed folk songs, you are filking. And that's what it's been ever since.
2: That is funny.
0: So, would a man called Jane be filking or a folk song in a science fiction show? I'll have to so, give that some thought. That <laughs> is. Ever since, ever since you mentioned the actor, I've now had that song, like, in my head. So. Jane,
2: the man they call Jane.
0: I think that qualifies as yeah. filk. <laughs> yeah. I think
2: so. I think so, too. Uh, there
1: was a... I don't know. I haven't heard from him really in years. But uh, there was a uh, a guy who released a couple really good uh, science fiction comedy albums. The Great Luksky, and uh, one of his um, one of his parodies was a guy named Jane. So. This is before I had ever watched any episodes of Firefly, or had seen Serenity. So for a while, I didn't know who he was talking about. So <laughs> I had funny. to sort of educate myself on it. But yeah, you know, what do you do with a guy named Jane, right? Yeah. So um, that just kind of got into my head. So uh, Now, as far as the other guests that you've seen on the Shore Leave website, the good news I can share with you, although regrettably not all 10 of them that were on there, are able to join us for this coming Shore League weekend, I have been informed that pretty much all of them have agreed to join us in July 2022.
2: Oh, good. So
1: good. Those good. actors are on board for uh, our next live convention. Good. Great. So, um, so the ones that you've seen on the website over the past several months, you know, we haven't forgotten about them. We still want them to join us. So hopefully we'll have that entire group for july of 2022 yeah and uh, i don't know if you wanted me to mention any of those game uh any of those names or just one convention at a time but
2: i uh, feel feel some free of the other names that, you can you can yeah. you could the... you can wet her you can wet appetite okay mike
1: <laughs> okay well like i say i have i don't have the lifting right in front of me but just strictly from memory besides mr uh mr Baldwin and mr mcclintock one thing that also hurt about having to postpone these conventions was the guest lineup for what would have been last year's show was going to be one of the most eclectic we've ever had as far as representing different fandoms across the board from the star trek universe you know brent spiner was on the list gates mcfadden who not who not appear appeared in baltimore at convention to my memory in like 30 years since next gen was on the air was going to join us. Robert Duncan McNeil from Star Trek Voyager, the legendary Barbara Luna was scheduled to join us. Okay? From the Star Wars universe, Mr. Dennis Lawson, the original wedge, who appeared in the original Star Wars, please don't call it episode four. And episode nine. Okay? And we so rarely, and I'm not quite sure why, have Star Wars guests at Shoreleaf. So this is, you know, something really different from us. From the um, Doctor Who universe, Alex Kingston was scheduled to join us, okay? Um, from shows like Firefly, uh, not only Mr. Baldwin, but Jewel State was scheduled to join us. Um, wow, hate the idea of missing anybody, but there were just so many of them. Um, let's see here. But anyway, all of those all of those names there were scheduled to originally be on the docket. Oh yeah, I knew I forgot one: Brandon Ralph, Superman well, that's was funny. also on the schedule. So, um, but like I say, as far as I know, all those folks are looking to join us next July. So circle the calendar, and it's you know it's going to be pretty amazing. I hope they can all join us when the time comes. Um, But for right now, we're just a month away from virtual shore leave, and I think it's going to be really spectacular. Like I say, it's not quite the same as seeing everybody in person, but it'll do for now. And I think it's going to be a really wonderful time. I just wish I understood the technology better, to be perfectly honest.
2: Right, right. You
1: know, I have to admit that. But um, I am, you know, I think we're all extremely pleased with the uh, guest lineup that we've been able to uh, arrange to appear in Perth, you know, virtually and the kind of programming. As far as the programming they're going to have besides the Q&A sessions, there is going to be, of course, fan panels. There are going to be, like I just said, science discussions. We're going to have – I've got a list around here somewhere, but I think more than 40 – professional authors are expected to be taking part in one way or the other in these festivities. I couldn't even begin to tell you how surely it got to be such a huge gathering of respected science fiction and fantasy authors. You know, it just kind of just grew over time. I know we've had this discussion in the past, you know. I mean, it all started with two, to be honest, Howard Weinstein and Bob Greenberger. And sure leave two and three. You know, and that's how it all started. And the next thing you know, this guy would be added on and another one would come in and they would say, oh, that here you really had fun. Can I come? Can I come? And two became four, four became eight, and it grew and it grew. So now we got like 40-some authors coming, you know, to this, this thing. Awesome. So there will be no shortage of authors giving their panels, a handful doing various readings and things like that. So. You know naturally there are certain things virtually that you can't do live but let's just say we're going to try to involve as many tracks of programming as we possibly can so let's face it when people go to shore leave that's what they expect especially on saturday you expect to see 8 10 12 tracks of programming going on at the same time well we may not be able to do that many but we sure are going to try so it's yeah, you know, it's nice that you're going to be able to go in there and have a good choice of different things to do. And if for some reason you have a gap in the schedule, you can walk around the convention floor and talk to some other folks. And that ought to be fun, too. So anyway, I hope I didn't get too far off the subject, you guys, but you know yeah. how passionate I am about oh, it.
2: Absolutely. I did have a question about this year's virtual shortly before we maybe get into our topic of discussion here tonight. One of the thing about going to Shore Leave that I know Miles and I and others, uh, Chrissy, were you ever at Shore Leave? Um,
0: I don't know that I was there because I think I joined you guys when I was still doing family-based.
2: Right. And there were other other conventions, too, that you've yeah, been so at that was for us. That
0: was 2019 when I really like – like 2018 and 2019. And then – so I don't think I came, yeah. went because of –
2: Right, family, I think um, it was on
0: call, for family base, and then 2020 happened.
2: So right. no, <laughs> you know one of the things it that I know that though, Miles right? and I, I know one of the things that Miles and I have really enjoyed about um, about the Shortleaf Convention has been the vendors and the dealers that are there. How is that working on the on uh, the virtual side of things? I'm sorry, what besides dealers? The dealers and the vendors. How's that working on the virtual
1: side? Well, uh, there wasn't much last year. I know that our team is working hard to get as many involved as possible. Like I say, I don't have a specific list right now, but I do know that some of them are going to have a virtual fan table this year. And at the absolute minimum, we're going to have on our website links to a very high percentage of them so you'll be able to click right over to their website because i would say 80 90 percent of our vendors of course have their own website and you'll be able to click right over but we hope to have at least a percentage of them actually on the convention floor and i know that some of them may actually have some kind of a discount available for those, um, you know, virtually attending shore leave and everything. So naturally not everybody's going to be a part of it because like any other fandom family, you know, there are certain dealers that tend to take the same spots in the dealer's room every single year. And there are certain people you expect to see, you know, but we are trying to get as many of them involved as possible. Definitely more than, than last year. Right. Uh, at this point, but still a month ago, I don't really have specifics as far as how it's exactly going to work. But uh, we are looking to at least have them, some of them, you know, maybe take part in the programming on some panels and maybe you know sit at those uh, virtual fan tables, so that folk, you know, folks walking around with their avatars around the uh, virtual Hunt Valley Inn, you know, will be able to uh, converse with them or at least you know click over to their to their website but it's definitely something we want to do a lot more of like i say i i'd be lying to you if i said i understood the technology of it but it's definitely something we want to do a a lot more of so i can say is keep your eye on the website i know that's kind of an easy answer but you know i know they are working very hard to to build it up this year
3: excuse me michael when um, when the day for short leave happens, like when folks want to participate in the, in the panels, the virtual panels, is, is the links going to be on the website or Facebook or Instagram? Like how is somebody going to click on one of those and uh, able to um,
1: participate? Well from, well, from what I recall from, from last year, okay, uh, when the schedule actually goes up, there will be opportunities to register for various panels, okay? Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that, of course, you're going to be seen, but you can register for it. And when you're actually um, into the, the room where the panel is taking place, naturally there will be a chat bar on the side. So people, you know, except for the actual panelists, you won't be able to be seen or heard, but you can always, and believe me, I already started availing myself of it last year because, you know, I have to, you know, espouse my opinions. That's what I'm here for, you know. Um, Loud and opinionated. That's that's me all over. So you just type in your, your question or your comment, and there you are on the chat bar, you know. So there will be ample opportunities and fan panels to you know, let your opinion be heard even though your voice might not, you know. So uh, that generally is how that works. So I'm not quite sure at this point how different the format will be, but I remember last year where when the schedule was posted, you could click on it and register for it. So there were two ways to get into it. One, you could pre-register and then go right into the room and, you know, click on it on Zoom and boom, there you are and here comes the, you know, the one thing you click to pose a question, and there was another spot where you could have, like, this chat bar where people would be conversing on the far, far right. Or folks who were really walking around the virtual convention floor would walk into the room, you know, just like you would at the convention, right? Go in halfway. Oh, what's this? Right? This is neat, right? Right. So uh, there's a couple different ways of getting of getting in, and I'm sure that there will be instructions on social media about how to get to all these these links and everything. So uh, that's basically how that how that works. There's a couple different ways to do that.
2: Okay, good, good. Well, why don't we move into our discussion tonight? Which I think, unless there's, is there anything else that we should know about shortly before we move into our topic of how we survive COVID with science fiction?
1: Well, let's see. I'm sure I'll think of twenty things right after uh-huh. we uh, we finish this up, guys. That's always how it seems to work every year, you know. But uh, heading into this, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know—not just the three of you, but everybody out there who's who's listening to this—basically uh, that we wanted to let everybody know because as the publicity dude, as I love being called, okay, um, it wasn't just a matter for me this year to tell folks about virtual shore leave i wanted to get word out to everybody who would listen with everything that we've been through over the last year and a half okay as a fandom as a society okay that we're still here shore leave still exists okay a lot of things have fallen by the wayside okay and sometimes we get wrapped up in all so many problems that it's easy to sort of let other things go and forget that these simple pleasures like this still exist. Has it been difficult to maintain fan organizations when you can't have meetings? Of course it is. But we wanted to let people know that the Star Trek Association of Towson, our parent organization, we are still there. Shore Leave still exists. Okay? And we're not going to let this keep us down. Yes, it's been a rough two years, and we're going to make the, the best we, can, we possibly can out of the situation. But come next July, we are coming back strong. Bet on it. Okay? But I wanted to let people know that, hey, folks, you know, we're still here. You know, so come and join us and have some fun, But because folks need it now more than ever. So I just wanted to get on my soapbox for a minute before we go into another subject. Thanks. Right? Hope you don't mind.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. We we appreciate you telling us a little bit about shore leave this year, what we can look forward to. And again, all happening. You can go to shore dash leave.com in order to find out everything you want to know about shore leave this year. So,
1: yep. And the postings will be coming, you know, fast and furious as we get uh, closer and closer to the convention. So everybody keep an eye on the website. The instructions will be going up. The schedule will be going up soon a lot of exciting things will be happening. So everybody, you know, everybody keep an eye out for it and I hope you all can join us.
2: Very good. Um, So let's jump into talking a little bit about how we survived COVID and how science fiction maybe helped us survive COVID. And um, let's just start with a general question and uh, Chrissy, would you be willing to start us out with this?
0: Well, I mean, I do want to acknowledge that um, COVID is a what would be considered a collective trauma? Um, most <laughs> of us have, most of us have have already experienced a collective trauma when um, there was the terrorist attack on, of course, 9-11. Most of us experienced a sense of collective trauma. This is a little bit different because it was ongoing. I mean, it's been going on for over a year, um, and whether that is you faced, you know, fear of COVID itself or whether you felt, you know, government overreach or whatever way you reacted to it is some form of trauma. And in the mental health field, we saw an extreme increase of mental health symptoms. So people who were normally struggling with mental health really struggled this this past year. And so it's important that as you move forward as You know, America moves forward. I mean, obviously, there are other parts of the world that are still in the the midst of it, that there will be times where you may find yourself reacting to what would seem ordinary things in sort of a weird, what you might consider like a weird way. And it's important for you to remember that what you're probably experiencing may be a reaction to trauma, and it's perfectly normal, and it's perfectly okay for you to have these reactions. And don't suppress them. Feel free to talk about your experience, talk about it with other people, people that you trust, and to really give each other compassion and grace as we move from COVID out of it and don't think that just because oh it's over that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over for you emotionally oftentimes when you're in the middle of trauma you can kind of handle it and then after it's done after you're safe that's when all the emotions kind of like get let out of the box and that's when you kind of feel like you're a crazy person so it's great that things are opening up it's great that things are, are becoming back to normal At the same time, you may find that emotionally you're less normal after COVID than during it. And that's a perfectly normal reaction to have.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So that is just my mental health spiel for everybody. If you are finding yourself struggling, (laughs) please seek a therapist or counseling, obviously, if you feel like you need it. Um, As for... Very astute observation. Very well said.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
0: I know it would be incredibly
1: easy to just jump the gun and just throw our masks away and jump out there and everything. But because, you know, as, as someone who, you know, loves uh, conventions and everything, not just science fiction conventions, but nostalgic conventions and the occasional horror convention and everything. I know that some of our brother and sister conventions are going live later on in the summer and everything. Um, and like I say, it's a very deep topic, and everybody has a different opinion on it, but at what point will it be? Because, you know, different states have different levels of opening up and, and variants happening around the world and everything. So it's it's very difficult to know, you know, when are people going to feel comfortable, not necessarily just going out. Because let's face it, we're all anxious to just get out there and just, you know, woohoo, right? But... On the other hand, at what point is, correction, R, that's wonderful grammar, uh, at what point is everybody going to be comfortable gathering 1,500 at a time? See, as you know, surely you can only have a maximum of 1,500 at the Hunt Valley Inn and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you wonder to yourself, if you're used to having X number of people at a gathering, right? Right. If we had gone live, a lot of people probably would not have been comfortable in such a large group setting. As anxious as we were to see everyone, it still would have been very difficult. So, on the one hand, you may feel a little jealous saying, well, this convention's doing it, this convention's doing it, right? Well, surely, it's not, you know, yes, we're not an international convention like a lot of other ones are. We're not a pro-con, we're not a world con or anything, but... We still draw people from all up and down the East Coast and occasionally overseas. And well, like I say, are people going to be comfortable crammed together in a hotel 1,500 at a time? So you have to balance your own emotional need to meet up with other people with the other side of your brain that says, you know, yeah, it hurts, but it was really the only decision that realistically could be made. So that's where you have to walk that fine line as a convention organizer.
0: I think it's also important to remember that, you know, it's not just about whether or not they're comfortable with COVID. A lot of people have been, you know, working from home, cooped up, not really interacting with people. And so... Some people who may not have had social anxiety before may think, okay, I can do this. I'm going to be out in this crowd. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Um, this is way too many people. There's all these sights and sounds and things that I'm not used to anymore. And maybe things that I just blocked out. I'm now, you know, overwhelmed by. Yeah. So, I mean, I I did have a $1,000 plus vet bill, but additionally, you know, I was supposed to go to um a fundraiser for um an auction and I was like I I just don't know that I'm ready to be with that many people right now I I just so between the two of them I just made the decision not not to go that morning um but so when it comes to science fiction and fantasy to, to get back to the question on a complete tangent you know the things that I, I tended to turn to were the science fiction and fantasy that you know dealt with trauma directly and serve as a model of how to, you know, what should you, how should you respond? What are people's responses and how do you support people going through trauma? So I think of, you know, Firefly, the reaction people had to River, what was helpful to her, how she was able to face her trauma and over, not necessarily overcome it, but be able to get better coping skills to function better, where it didn't overwhelm her and make her in such a state as to be, you know, almost a useless blob on the ground, babbling incoherently, you know, to being a very capable, competent woman in the face of that trauma. Um, I think of well, Picard. sounds
1: like this, sounds like this, Chrissy, my apologies for the interruption. That's but fine. I, um, I see, um, a lot of people ask, uh, as we slowly, things start opening up again, they say, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, what were you doing over the last year, year and a half and everything when you weren't working? And And my answer generally was um, a lot of reading <laughs> and a lot of uh, re-watching DVDs, and catching up on movies, because – you know, what's the standard excuse? Never having enough time to read. Well, if you don't have a chance now, you never will. That's for sure. So uh, to tie into that, I've always felt that uh, science fiction entertainment, to me, for a good part of my life, has been my comfort food. And I don't mean to denigrate science fiction in any way. For those who will say, it's not supposed to be comfort food. It's supposed to make you think and all that. It's supposed to teach you something and be serious and everything. But um, So don't take it that way, but, you know, even years and years ago, before the world got so complicated, um, sometimes when I I would be feeling low or overwhelmed by things, I would just simply sometimes just read one of my books, even one that I'd read a few times before, or I would just simply pull out the old classic Star Trek DVDs and just pop in one of my favorite episodes, even though I've seen it a hundred times. Why? Because it makes me feel good, okay? That may be an an incredibly simplistic answer, but that is just simply the reason, you know? It's like the, the entertainment equivalent of pizza, I guess you could say. I mean, it makes you feel good. You know what you're getting, okay? And I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that under regular circumstances, but especially with what we've all gone through as a society, I think that's incredibly important. So, simple enjoyment of things that you know that you like, when so many other things are cut away from you, it just becomes all that much more important. Do you agree?
0: Oh, definitely. I I definitely agree. Um, When you have a... World that has been launched into chaos, it can be it can be very important to have those things you can count on the the routines, the the familiarity, because when everything is up in the air and everything is unfamiliar, you know, you almost need to have. That some sense of control, one of the reasons why things are traumatic is because you have a sense of not being in control and you're forced to confront a very vulnerable and uncomfortable truth, which is you are not in control of a whole lot of things. And Mm -hmm. depending on your personality, that can be absolutely terrifying. Um, That's right. I
1: mean, you don't have to be watching 12, hours of straight news broadcasts to be considered intelligent or up on cur- current events. Sometimes you can just simply be silly, you know? And yes, yeah, some folks like their science fiction on the lighter side, and some of it, you know, like to be more serious. But the idea is to, you know, like you just said, with so many things uncertain in this world, to be able to enjoy something like that to to relieve the pressure and to have that sense of commonality, you know, is, is incredibly important, you know. And like I say, you're professionally educated and trained to understand this, but, you know, to your emotional well-being, you know, is just incredibly important. And as I've gotten older, you know, I've come to realize that more and more. Like I said earlier, in, in this segment, I said, you know, I couldn't possibly understand when I was in my teens and 20s and I just started going to conventions, you know, just for the sake of grabbing a couple of autographs and buying a few things in the dealer's room. I had no idea that that social experience and building up a group of friends that I only see once or twice a year would be such a major part of my life, you know, yeah. and when that when you can't have that, it leaves an awful hole.
0: It, it does and one of the one of the biggest things one of the very biggest protectors of trauma when it comes to like post-traumatic stress disorder is having that support group I cannot stress that enough how important it is to have the support of friends and family and so being able to connect with people even virtually you know has been such a blessing um, for me personally I know I have friends that are scattered throughout the United States states and we've been using this marco Polo app to keep in touch with each other and so i absolutely encourage everybody you know if con is where your family is you know whether that is a family your actual family or family of choice you know go for it do that thing absolutely
1: You know, Scott and uh Miles, you've been very quiet for a while. What's up with that? Nah, well, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm, dominating the conversation. I'm, I'm
2: Let's to the conversation. I, you know what? I I find that when Chrissy, Miles, I don't know about you, but I find when Chrissy speaks and shares, I learn a lot about just the whole psychology behind it that I typically don't pay attention because it's just not the way I'm geared, so. Miles? Um
3: no, I, 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 agree. I mean, uh, Michael, not, 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 not be able to see these people. Um, not, not, it's, not it's two, two times. Uh, we haven't been able to meet, uh, personally, uh, in person. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it is kind of sad. I mean, this is, um, you know, this, the, the, the con is where you meet people, like you said, who are like-minded, uh, People get to um, let, let their inner child out, dressed you know, dressed in their favorite uh, as their favorite sci-fi character from their favorite show. Or yeah, movie. and nobody
1: and, judges you for it either.
3: No, you're accepted with open arms. I mean, uh, I try to compliment people in their costumes, just you know, um, just you know, just for doing it, and also just you know, some some people really put. Put the time and effort into making these costumes look great, and I'm sure for th- these folks, this is a, this, this is the, this is the opportunity for the adults to play and um, not being able to do that the last two years. It's, uh, um, it's 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 upsetting. I'm 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 really hoping I'm hoping that uh, what m- maybe now we have the, the vaccines and um, we kind of have a handle on this. Somewhat, um, I don't want to speak presumptuously, but uh, there's there's some cause for some op- optimism that uh, you know we're getting getting control of this. Maybe we can meet in person next year.
1: I would really like that. Speaking of, um, of gatherings and uh, different age groups and everything getting together and getting along, uh, I don't know if this is off the subject or what, but I was thinking about the last uh, live leave we had before all this started was um, one of our guests that year was Nichelle Nichols. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was such an incredible thing to see, to see everyone from five, six, seven-year-old kids who might not know the first thing about Star Trek history all the way up to men and women into their 70s and 80s all coming up to her to pay respect to her. Okay. And then I guess I was just in the right place at the right time. Here comes um, and Mouth, and here comes Ethan Peck. I don't know if it was planned or not. I guess we'll never know. They walk right up, and they both sit on opposite sides from her and just start talking to her. It was just such an amazing thing. And again, it's so easy for me to toot my own horn and say, oh, these things kind of happen to Shirley when there are other you know, fan-run conventions out there spread all around the world. But um, it's those little moments like that that you did not plan on that really stick in your head over the course of time, you know? Because Sarah sometimes Dippy's it's not uh, the really big thing. Sometimes it's the little things that you don't expect. And it's those little moments and everything that you catch that kind of, stick especially in your memory and that's just something just from a few years ago that i remember very very well i just recently watched that woman in motion documentary which was excellent by the way and i just um that made me think of that and everything we could ever have another whole segment on that come to think of it right. but i just did watch that recently and that's a recent surely memory that really jumped out and it was it was so great seeing such the wide range of different age groups and folks from different backgrounds all coming together in their, their respect, you know, and that's, it's just a shame that the world in general doesn't always operate that way. But, um, you'd like to think that at a gathering like this, such things can happen and it, it does give you a lot of hope. It really does.
2: It is true. That is very true.
1: Hope I didn't jump off topic too much, there,
2: guys. I, you know, it's fine. It's all relevant, and um, it's yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing we talk about is sci-fi, COVID, this is one of the things—the idea of connections that are so important, and the embracing of diversity that that we often associate with our science fiction conventions. And it is certainly one of the things that Shoreleave does well. But it's not just Shoreleave; it's conventions in general that help us survive and connect and reconnect. So.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely right. And it's yeah. all very, uh, a big part of our, our lives. It's a huge part of it. I think a lot of the, um, not all, but a heavy percentage of all my best friends down through the years all came to me out of a love of Star Trek, to be perfectly honest Good. in one way or the other. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? So, uh, some I'm actually quite proud of.
2: Yeah. Well, Mike, we we we're getting close to the end of the show, and what I want to do before we exit off of here is, we do. I I want you to real quickly tell us again, um, a little bit about when is shore leave happening again, and, um, the when is shore leave happening again, and um, what is uh what website can they go to and so on.
1: All right. A Virtual Shore Leave Experience, or otherwise known as Shore Leave 41.6, okay, is July 10th and July 11th, Saturday and Sunday of this year at our official website, s-h-o-r-e-l-e-a-v-e. Shoreleave.com, okay. We'll be using a system uh, called Gather Town in conjunction with Zoom and Discord to create a virtual fan experience, a virtual convention floor where folks will be able to move around the convention floor and interact with other attendees. There will be a very large spate of programming going, you know, all the way around the clock on both days. There are going to be actors having QA sessions, okay. Uh, I believe some of them will be uh, offering uh, private chat time and autographs. The exact specifics have not yet been worked out, but I know that they're going to be there. So keep your eye on the website for all the details with that. There's going to be a lot of uh, professional authors Uh, giving readings and appearing on panel discussions. There's going to be a lot of science discussions. Like I mentioned earlier, there's going to be filking going on, okay? Both officially and what's called chaos filk, where anybody can just show up. That might be going on. So just about the vast majority of most things that people come to expect at a shore leave will be taking place this year virtually. And like I said before, is it as good as seeing your friends in person? No. But for right now, this is, you know, pretty about as close to it as we can possibly get and we're just counting down the days till we can actually get together in person again Um, I think I already went down the list of some of the actors that will be joining us this year and some of our science guests they'll be joining us this year but rest assured there will be a full spate of instructions for those who aren't familiar with these systems on how to uh, get on the sites and how to use them very very easily so all that will be there. So there will be a lot of choices and like with, um, I don't know if you want to call it normal or regular shore leaves, you're just going to have to find the schedule and, you know, pick out where you're going hour to hour because there's going to be a lot of choices and a lot of fun people to talk to. And we're really looking forward to it. And we hope to see all of you out there come, uh, come mid-July.
2: All right. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking time tonight to sit down and chat with us at the Sci-Fi Diner. Once again, 12 years in the making. It's been great to have you back with us.
1: Well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You know, I always enjoy it very much. Thanks for having me on.